Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Welcome to Healthy Mama Hacks, a weekly mini podcast where I share my best tips for hacking your healthy mama life with simple tips for easier eating, cooking, and living a healthy mama life in 20 minutes or less. Let's do this, mama. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Healthy Mama Hacks. Today's episode is one of those where it's kind of like you asked, it's about time for me to answer. I've actually answered this question several times in several different places, but I am really excited to have this kind of all in one place for you guys to refer back to. I'm going to have a blog post that is associated with this episode as well to really give you a rundown on my exact favorite. But today we're going to talk about the only 15 tools you need in your kitchen for efficient cooking. And I'm actually going to share with you five items that I actually don't think that you need in your kitchen. No worries if you've got them, but you probably don't need them. So I'm going to dig in to these 15 items, these 15 tools, or it's really 15 categories and you'll hear why, but it's no more than 20 tools total for your entire kitchen. And I'm talking if you are coming out of college and you are, maybe you're just getting married and you are creating a whole new kitchen, these are the items I would recommend you get for your kitchen. Or maybe you are working on learning how to cook, getting the tools you need to feel more comfortable and confident in the kitchen. If any of you follow me over on Instagram and Facebook, you know I love sharing videos on confident cooking. And I'm getting more into YouTube as well and sharing videos over there. These are the tools that I use. And I am very big on having a minimalist kitchen. I don't think you need a lot of tools to be an efficient cook. And I love sharing what you can do with very little equipment. I don't think you need to spend a lot of money in order to have the tools you need to be a good cook. I do think that there are some places that are more important to spend money than others. Um, And I think I'm going to do another episode in the future on my favorite kind of bougie kitchen equipment, (laughs) the ones that are the things that are a little bit more expensive and you might not need, they might not be essentials, but things I really love. So I will share those in the future with you. But today we are getting back to the basics and I'm going to talk to you about the only 15 tools or the 15 categories of tools that you need in your kitchen to create an efficient kitchen and to cook with confidence. So let's go ahead and jump in. 
Number one, you probably won't be surprised by this one, but you need a good set of knives. And when I say you need a good set of knives, I do not mean you need one of those big fancy blocks with about 50 knives in it. Okay, maybe that's an exaggeration, but you don't need 15 different knives. In fact, I do not have 15 different knives and I have a culinary degree. I don't think you need them. I think they're unnecessary. I have a couple knives from culinary school that I kept around, but honestly, I tossed several of them or I gave them away, donated them because I just wasn't using them because I use my top four knives. And then there's a couple other ones that I will also use on occasion as well. But the four knives that I believe that you need in your kitchen, number one is some sort of a chef's knife. So this can be just a regular French chef's knife, or it can be a Sentoku knife, which is a Japanese chef's knife. Those are the ones that have like the little divots in them. It's really what's most comfortable for you. I'm going to do a whole episode on how to choose knives because I love talking about it because I'm a cooking nerd. But it just needs to be a knife that's comfortable in your hand. And this is typically going to be your biggest knife. This is the knife you're going to use for most tasks. And this is the one that you are going to use for bigger items, like heavier items, like your butternut squash and your sweet potatoes. So you want to make sure it's really comfortable in your hand and it's big enough. So I'm only five feet tall. I'm a pretty small human, so I don't want a gigantic knife. You want it to be proportionate to you, but also big enough to cut some of those bigger items. So for me, I have an eight-inch global chef's knife, and it's nice and lightweight. I feel really comfortable using it. It keeps really sharp, and so that is what I use for most of my items. I also have um, a Santoku knife that's about the same size, but that is kind of an extra. I don't feel like I really need that, but it is a little bit more heavy duty. So for some of the items like butternut squash, I do like using my Santoku knife. The other knives that I consider essential are a serrated knife. You want a serrated knife for things like slicing bread and then slicing really delicate items like tomatoes and then a paring knife. So a paring knife is going to be good for smaller tasks. You do not want to try and cut something like a sweet potato with a paring knife, but it is really good and important to use for smaller tasks like um, peeling, especially if you don't have a peeler, but that is one of my essentials. I'll talk to you about that in a little bit. The other knife that might not be on most lists that you'll find on the internets, but I really, really love is a medium knife that's five to seven inches. So mine is six inches. So right in the middle there. And typically this is called a vegetable knife and it's just that in-between knife for those smaller items where you don't need to use your big knife, but you can keep it nice and sharp and just use it for vegetables. Something like a chef's knife, I find, you know, chefs use it for everything from deboning a chicken to, and I'm not sure if you're deboning a chicken at your house. If you are, that's awesome. Um, But everything from deboning a chicken if you're not using a meat knife, which if you are doing things like that, kind of butcher tasks like that, then you would definitely want to have a meat knife. Um, but most people are not doing that. So I love a vegetable knife. So kind of that in-between knife. So my top four knives are a chef's knife, a serrated knife, a paring knife, and a vegetable knife. A couple nice-to-have knives are if you are using meat on a regular basis. A meat knife is really helpful for slicing things like steak. Again, you keep that really, really sharp. Um, and then a fish knife is also really helpful if you're doing some technical some technical things with fish as well. The second essential item that I think you need in your kitchen, this probably doesn't come as a surprise, is a really good cutting board. If you're going to use knives, you need to have something to chop them on. So I prefer a wooden cutting board. Um, you can also get a wooden cutting board that has some plastic on top. If you're going to be using it for things like meat, it's recommended that you use a separate 
cutting board for things like meat and fish for food safety, especially uh, plastic. That would be the instance to use plastic because it's more food safe unless you can put your bamboo cutting board in the dishwasher. Um, But bamboo cutting boards, especially, I mean, a lot of them, the really nice ones are big and heavy and they don't fit in the dishwasher, um, but they can also tend to warp in the dishwasher. So I don't recommend it. So I recommend one really nice, heavy cutting board. And that's the one that's going to be nice and sturdy. And you can use that for most of your chopping tasks. And then if you're going to use meat or fish, then you can use a separate plastic cutting plastic cutting board that you can wash really well and then sanitize in the dishwasher as well. The third item is really more of a category of items because I couldn't just tell you that you just need one pot. Um, I actually honestly only have, let me count, I only have three main pots I use. No, I'm not kidding. I literally only have three main pots I use and then I have three main pans that I use. So I recommend three pans and two to three pots. If you're just starting off in your kitchen, I recommend a cast iron pan. So I've got a big old like 12 inch cast iron pan. When you keep a cast iron pan well seasoned, it's basically nonstick. You can use it for everything and it takes on flavors of the food that you eat and it's so delicious. It's good for you too. Um, You can actually gain some of the iron from cooking in cast iron in your food. So it's a great source of iron as well. And it's just really great to cook on. It produces really great um, caramelized meat and vegetables. Technically, it's not caramelization if it's meat. If you're a chef listening and you're like, that's wrong, it's it's a Maillard reaction. However... That really nice crust is just unbeatable in on a cast iron pan. However, there are some things that don't go well on a cast iron pan. So something like cooking eggs, you can cook eggs in a cast iron, um, but I don't love cooking eggs on a cast iron. So I do like a safe saute pan. I don't like using something like Teflon, but ceramic is my favorite. It's nonstick, and you can get it really hot. You can saute on there. You can cook eggs on there. Um, So I like a cast iron for most tasks, and then a smaller saute pan as well that's nonstick that you can use. I also have something in between um, called a saucier. So this is like a high-sided saute pan. So you can use this for like it sounds, you can use it for sauces because it is high-sided, but you can also use it for sauteing vegetables or cooking meat or fish in there as well because it also functions as um, kind of a saute pan. But it does um, hold more liquid in it. So similar to how a cast iron has slightly higher sides, you could also braise in it if you want. So I recommend a cast iron and one to two sizes of saute pans. You might want a bigger one and a smaller one, at least one of them being nonstick for things like eggs. And then a saucier or a brazer. Um, a really great brazer is the, oh my gosh, what is, I'm trying to think of the actual name. It's enameled cast iron. And I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Oh, Le Creuset you guys, Le Creuset. So the other item that I love and I think is essential in the in your kitchen. So you've got a cast iron, you've got one to two saute pans, and you have some sort of a high-sided either saucier or brazier. I think the other item that is essential and I wish I had had prior is a really good Dutch oven. Now, I don't think that you need to have the biggest, baddest, fanciest Le Creuset Dutch oven right to start. Now, it is an investment and 
it will be 100% worth the investment. But I think even a smaller one, um, like the first one I had is from Ikea and it was like 50 bucks and it's lasted me for years and years. It's great. And so I do recommend a Dutch oven because you can make soup in it. You can cook pasta in it. Like you could literally do anything you want to do except saute in a Dutch oven. So cast iron, saute pan, saucier or brazer for braising meat or sauces something high-sided so you can kind of flip things around. You can use liquids and they're not going to go everywhere. And then some sort of a Dutch oven and then a pasta pot or a sauce pot. So something big enough that you can make a big bunch of pasta, a big batch of sauce or a big soup. I recommend that as well. So you realistically only need five to six pans. That's honestly all I think you need. You might want to get more as you start developing your own cooking style and recipes that you enjoy. If you find yourself kind of switching between two pans really often, you might want to get a second one. But honestly, I would start with the basics and then get more as you need them based on the type of meals that you enjoy. I really like the saucier or the brazer because I like to make things like curries that have a liquidy sauce and that would just go all over the place in a saute pan. Um, but it, I mean, there is an instance where that might just not be something that would be helpful for you. But I pretty much guarantee if you grab one of those, then it's going to be helpful for you. So the next thing I recommend, um, I don't think this is something that's on a lot of kitchen lists, but I think two strainers in two different sizes are really important in the kitchen. So I recommend a large strainer. So this is a colander, um, but I like an actual strainer, which is very similar to a colander, but the holes are a lot smaller. So you can use this for things other than just straining like pasta or vegetables that you've cooked. You can actually use it for things like broth or um, you could use it for some nut milks. I typically use a nut milk bag for things like almonds, but things like cashews, you just need to kind of get any of the extra big chunks out of it. And you could use that for that. There's a lot of things you can use a large strainer for. And then you want a smaller strainer for juicing citrus. So I much prefer juicing citrus with a very small strainer. And you guys, these are like 5 to $7 on Amazon, really inexpensive. These are not crazy expensive things. The most expensive thing I mentioned was the Dutch oven. Um, however, most of these things, I mean, okay, yes, I guess getting some good knives are an investment as well, but they're going to last you forever. None of these things, other than the peeler that I'll mention, are going to break and you're not going to have to replace a lot of these, at least not soon after you purchase them. So I do recommend strainers in two sizes, a large one and then an extra small one. I recommend a couple different types of spatulas. So a silicone spatula, if you've seen me with my lucky spatula, it's beat up. It's I got it at Williams-Sonoma when I was in culinary school. It is just a hot mess. It's about to completely fall apart, but I love it so much. And so my favorites are the flexible silicone spatula that go um, that have a heat resistance up to 500 degrees from Williams-Sonoma, but you can buy them from anywhere. I think they're about $10. Again, not crazy expensive, but very, very worth it. And then a wooden spatula. You can use this when you're cooking to stir things, to break up meat, um, really to saute. You can use a wooden spatula for a lot of things and you're not worrying about plastic um, or anything like that and, you know, that works with high heat as well. So I recommend a silicone spatula and a wooden spatula. You guys have heard me talk about my favorite kitchen tool so many times if you've watched any of my Cook with Chris's, but you know I love a good microplane. So a microplane is a type of grater. It's a long and thin grater. If you head to the blog post associated with this episode, you will see 
the exact one that I use. But I use this for citrus zest. I use it for garlic. I use it for ginger. I use it for nutmeg. I use it literally every single day, if not more than once a day. It is my top kitchen tool. They're about $20 and they just elevate every single dish with just a little bit of zest. They make garlic, um, oh my gosh, they make it so much easier to grate garlic rather than using a garlic press, which I'm just not a fan of because they just make such a mess and like each garlic clove you have to go in and like pick out the extra pieces. No, no thank you. <laughs> I really like using my microplane. So I think that that's an essential. And I had mine from culinary school until December when mine broke and then I ordered one on Amazon and it got all like mixed up and back ordered and then lost. And so I didn't have one for the longest time and I was still using like the broken side of one because that is how much I love it so much. It's so, so great. I'm just realizing that we are already 15 minutes in and this might be longer than a 20 minute episode. I might be breaking my rule here for these episodes being 20 minutes or less, but this is an important one, you guys. I hope you're, I hope you're hanging in here with me. The next item that I find essential for your kitchen is glass or metal prep bowls. I guess you could use plastic too, but I prefer glass or metal because they tend to be a little bit sturdier and actually stay on the table. I use prep bowls for everything from, you know, whisking eggs to make a quiche to putting scraps in them to putting your chopped vegetables in for mise en place. So I recommend several bowls in several sizes. I have several uh, ramekins that I use for smaller tasks, and then I also have several glass and metal bowls for bigger tasks like tossing salads or tossing vegetables that I'm going to roast. And there's just large bowls are invaluable, inexpensive, and you need a bunch of them. That's one of the only things where I I have, what, four or five? Yeah, I have five large bowls that I use on, the, on a regular basis to toss, mix, things like that. And I, I use them all the time. And I will often use all of them when I'm doing my meal prep, so I'm not worried about having five of them. I still consider myself pretty minimalist in the kitchen, even though I have several bowls, because I'm using them all the time, oftentimes all at once. The next thing I mentioned, and actually the only thing I recommend that's inexpensive and that you are going to want to replace every three to six months is a really great peeler. My favorite peeler is by a company called Kuhn. Um, It's K-U-H-N. You can get them on Amazon. Um, I used to say they were $5. I think they're like seven or eight. They're really popular. They are the best peeler I have found. Now, they don't last forever because they do eventually get rusty. They're just like a little flimsy. They're not flimsy, actually. They're very sturdy, but they're a little... A plastic peeler with a very sharp metal blade. And please don't use a carrot peeler. My goodness, please don't use a carrot peeler. Just for me, don't use a carrot peeler. They they don't work very well. They take so long. And trust me, as somebody who worked at a vegetarian soup company, and all we did for hours a day was peel potatoes and carrots and butternut squash, oh my goodness, I promise you this is the best peeler ever. So you need a good peeler. I also think a grater is essential. I use grated vegetables in so many things from meatballs to mini meatloaves to sweet potato egg cups to grating in vegetables into pasta sauce. There are so many instances where I use a grater and you can grate cheese. There's, oh my gosh, so many things. And so many people don't have graters. You could also use your food processor as a grater if you'd like, but I find that kind of messy. So I just like using a good old inexpensive handheld grater. 
Number 11 is a set of baking sheets. I recommend at least three sizes, small, medium, and large, but you want baking sheets. And I like baking sheets that have sides to them so you can use them for different purposes. So you can use them from everything from cookies to roasting vegetables to cooking chicken. Please wash them in between. (laughs) But I like a few baking sheets that you can use for several items. I like stainless steel, um, but these are inexpensive. You can buy them at Target or a kitchen supply store. But I really like a a good set of baking sheets. And honestly, when they start getting icky, toss them and get new ones because they're inexpensive enough that, you know, a few years in when they're kind of sticking and not doing so well, you can buy yourself a new pair. It's really a new pair, a new set. It's really valuable having a good set of baking sheets where things are not sticking. Another aside that I really like, but I don't think is an essential, are Silpat baking mats. I really like these to avoid sticking on baking sheets. But that's an aside, not an essential, but a good aside. Number 12 is a good set of tongs. So tongs are so essential for tossing vegetables, for tossing salads, for um, flipping things over in a pan, for, oh my goodness, what do I not use tongs for? I have two pairs of tongs because I like having two if I'm, if I'm cooking two different items, which I often use both tongs at once. Um, so I do recommend at least one set of tongs, if not two, depending on what you cook frequently. So start with one, see if you need another pair. But I like a metal pair of tongs or a silicone pair of tongs, especially if you're going to be using it on high heat. They will melt if you leave it in the pan if it's plastic. So get yourself a good pair of tongs. I have the OXO brand, which I like, and then I also have just a regular old metal pair that's from a kitchen supply store. You can buy a lot of these items from kitchen supply stores, and I'm not talking Williams and Sonoma. I'm talking just a kitchen supply store where restaurants shop at. Just look up one in your city and the vast majority of them let anyone come in. They're big and industrial and kind of boring. And they're probably also selling stoves and like chef uniforms, but it doesn't matter because you're going to get the best prices and the best quality for the most part on kitchen supplies. So I highly recommend that. But Williams-Sonoma is great too. It's just going to be more expensive. Number 13 is one of the only appliances. Actually, the next three are the only three appliances that I think are essentials in your kitchen. And I'll explain why I think these are my three essentials. Number one is I do think a food processor is essential. Now, I don't think that you need a very expensive food processor. I don't think you need the $300 Cuisinart food processor. Do I think it's great and far superior? Absolutely. But the Hamilton Beach works just fine if you're just using it a couple times a week for things like hummus or pesto or chopping vegetables, things like that. One that has several blades so you can do everything from creating a flour to making energy balls to making that pesto or that hummus are great, Um, but you can buy one for $30 to $60 on Amazon and it will be just fine. But I use my food processor every single week at least once. It is so, so valuable. I even have one that will like spiralize vegetables. So that's awesome. So I do think a food processor, if you're going to do any sort of sauces, dips, energy balls, I think they're invaluable and I think that they are an essential in the kitchen. Number 14, and some might argue with me on this one, but I do think a slow cooker is an essential. I think that having a slow cooker adds an extra cooking space in your house. So if if your oven's already taken up, 
you're not going to be putting something in your oven for seven to nine hours most of the time. It's going to make your house really hot no matter what temperature it is outside. And it's going to waste a lot of energy depending on what type of heat you use. And it's a little bit more temperamental and you have to keep checking on it. A slow cooker, you can just pop things in and go. And isn't it the best feeling to put something in the slow cooker in the morning and come home at night and have the recipe just done and ready to go? It's the best. And because I am a busy working mama and I oftentimes work late into the evening and I want to come home and just sit down and have dinner with my family, and I know that's true for many of you as well, the food processor, the food processor. Yes, a food processor is essential, but I meant to say the slow cooker is an essential. And last but not least, you all know how much I love my blender. So I have a Vitamix. I don't think you need a Vitamix, but I do think a high-speed blender is awesome. It does a lot of the same things as a food processor, but it makes things like smoothies and soups and sauces a level of smooth that you just can't get from a food processor. So they are different. Would I choose one over the other? If you have to choose one or the other, I would choose a high-speed blender. I would take your money and I would, if you can only choose one food processor or blender, I would choose blender, uh, but it has to be a high-speed blender like a Vitamix or a Blendtec or even the Ninja um, because it will do a lot of the food processor tasks. But I do think both of them are essential, to be perfectly honest, because I use all of them all of the time, everything from smoothies. So I make a smoothie almost every single morning. So I certainly use my blender almost every single day. But things like pureed soups and sauces, the blender is just amazing. And I, I do think a blender is essential in your kitchen. Now, just to finish up, there are a few things that are popular amongst a lot of people that I don't think are essentials in your kitchen. There are some nice-to-haves, too. Like I mentioned, those Silpat baking mats and Instant Pot is something that is really nice to have and I highly recommend people have. But they're not essentials. You can do without them. A rice cooker is another thing on that list. You can. I, I love my rice cooker and I consider it an essential, but if you don't use a lot of grains, then it wouldn't be an essential for you. If you have an Instant Pot, you could use that instead as well. But these are my essentials. These are the things that I recommend to any home cook. Uh, there's a few things that people will tell you you need that I don't think you need. Number one is a whisk. I don't think you need a whisk. You can use a fork for anything you need a whisk for. And a whisk is oftentimes just cumbersome. You can get one and you can have one and you can love one if you want to. When I'm around a whisk, I use it, but I don't think it's essential. I also don't think kitchen shears are essential. I think that they're typically very overpriced. And unless you're going to use them for like chopping meat, <laughs> then um, you can just use a regular good pair of scissors that are half the price. I've already mentioned how much I love the microplane and how much I despise the garlic press. I don't think that you need a garlic press. Um, I think that a microplane works just as well, if not better. Similarly, I mentioned how much I love a, a small strainer, and I would much rather use a small strainer for any sort of citrus juicing than a little citrus juicer. I think that they just make a mess and go everywhere, and so, and you can just, you can strain the seeds with a little mini strainer, so I recommend using that instead. And then I also don't think you need a million spoons and spatulas. I just think you need a couple. I didn't mention spoons here, but you typically want one to two spoons. I have a wooden spoon and a, and a slotted spoon, and I think that those are great to have on hand as well. But you could even use just like an extra large spoon for most of the things you need spoons for. I don't think they're essentials. And last but not least, um, there is there are some items that I didn't 
mention on this list that I realized as I'm going through this, I didn't mention measuring cups and measuring spoons. Now, there is a difference between a liquid measure and uh, dry measures. And if you are baking, you 150% need baking or a, a liquid measure and you need dry measurements for baking. I don't actually think you need them for cooking, to be perfectly honest. Recipes are going to give you amounts, and it is helpful if you're just learning how to cook and you're learning how to follow recipes. You can use measurements, but eventually as you become a more confident cook, you can eyeball most things. So are they good to have? Yes, they're nice to haves. Are they essential if you bake? 100%. You might even want a food scale for baking if you're baking things like bread, not for weighing your food. I hope you know that by now, but um, for baking things like bread. So those things are really helpful. But if you're not baking, you probably don't need them. But they are nice to have if you are a brand new cook and you're learning how to cook and you want to follow measurements on a recipe. So I did want to mention that right there. So I want to hear from all of you. I want to hear from you. Which of these tools do you have? Which ones do you not have? Which ones are you going to go out and get? Did you like this episode? Did you find it helpful? Head to Instagram. I'm at Healthy Mama Chris over on Instagram. And head to Facebook to the Healthy Balanced Mamas Facebook group. It's just facebook.com slash group slash Healthy Balanced Mamas. We're going to be talking all about favorite kitchen tools. I will share the blog post I mentioned in the show notes. And then we will also have a discussion over in the Healthy Balance Mamas Facebook group as well. So if you want to bring in your own input when it comes to your favorite tools and maybe tools that you're looking for, if you need suggestions, or if you disagree and you're like, no, that's not an essential, I never use that, then tell me. Or if there's an essential where you're like, um, I cannot believe you didn't mention this thing, Chris. I want you to let me know. I value your feedback. And I had so much fun recording this for you guys. And I can't wait to share more with you about becoming a more confident cook. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Healthy Mama Hacks. And I will catch you on Monday for a regular episode and next Friday for another Healthy Mama Hack. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.